Welcome to the Art of Pilates podcast. I'm your host, Louise Torp from Torp Pilates. Let me help you live better through Pilates. I aim to keep you motivated, inspired, and informed with insight into many Pilates topics and awesome Pilates practitioners. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find me at the Art of Pilates group on Facebook. Let's start. Hi guys, I'm here today with Libby and we're going to talk a little bit about prenatal Pilates, Pilates for pregnancy. So Libby, what's your first question that you have for me? Well, I'm very interested to hear what has been your experience, Louise, with pre and postnatal psychology in relation to body image? That's a very interesting question, Libby. And there are so many different factors that can affect your psychology and your body image when you're pregnant. Like I've had clients who've gone on strange diets where they just eliminate fat from their diet completely. And because we need to have essential fatty acids in our diet, they've ended up having to have a termination because there's been so many things wrong Mm -hmm. with the fetus, which has been quite heartbreaking Mm. and terrifying Mm. at the same time. So Mm. That's probably the worst in terms of just the psychology of, oh, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to cut all fats out of my body, so I'm not going to get fat. So it kind of doesn't really make sense and it can have such a heartbreaking and detrimental effect. Also, sometimes just the whole changing of the body shape can be so unexpected and, or not expected, but women can be really critical of their thighs. They're like, oh, my thighs are really big, but your thighs actually need to be bigger with pregnancy you need more cushioning around you as we know the breasts grow and that's for breastfeeding and of course the uterus has to grow because that's where the baby is so you get bigger and I think that changing body shape can be quite confronting for a lot of women out there Mm. Mm. so so with the changes in the body so you've got the weight gain you've got the stomach and the breasts enlarging there's also stretch marks maybe there's going to be acne might feel tired and there'll be mood swings and sometimes it's difficult to deal with being pregnant and also it can be really uncomfortable as you're getting bigger and after giving birth it can take a long time to get back into pre-baby shape as well so even the bones of the body change so the rib cage starts to lift and open out and the pelvic bones can change as well they can widen so even after you give birth and then you go back to put on your pre-baby jeans they might not actually fit because the bones of the body has changed your the bra size around the rib cage may have changed as well because the ribs have expanded. So these Mm. changes are completely normal. However, lots of women really struggle with keeping a positive body image during pregnancy and after pregnancy. Like they can be really hard on themselves. And I think it's such a hard job creating a baby, making a baby, and then looking after a baby that you shouldn't be putting more pressure on yourself Mm. in that really vulnerable time as well and special time too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big time of adjustment, isn't it? Yeah, and some women can have problems that weren't there before. So they might be fine with their pre-baby body image, but then when they're pregnant and after pregnancy, their body image changes and they're a little bit more negative. And I think Mm. we can really do a great job as Pilates instructors to help to change that and to educate women into this is what's going to happen. Um, You've got to be kind to yourself. It takes a long time to get back Mm. to pre-baby shape and just to manage those expectations Mm. so women aren't kind of like thinking 
uh, just negatively about themselves. And exercise can give you endorphins. So Pilates can help with that feeling of encouraging a, a healthy and positive mood. Because we know in pregnancy, you can start to get mood swings as well. So it's important to kind of keep our prenatal, pre and postnatal clients very positive. Mm. Okay. Mm. How can Pilates uh, really help really to prepare you for pregnancy in general? Well, if you're going to get pregnant, it's great to actually start Pilates because it's a safe way in. And if you fall pregnant during your Pilates, not during your sessions. During during your Pilates engagement. (laughs) Yeah. Then you know that you're going to be in a really safe place to start off with because you do want to have that strength and that nice level of fitness as a starting point. And the thing that I really love about Pilates is it does help to prevent issues such as incontinence or even prolapse, which can happen because of pregnancy or just the process of giving birth can put so much stress on that pelvic floor. So doing the pelvic floor exercises in Pilates sessions can really help. So engaging those muscles and being able to relax those muscles. So, yeah, it can really help with things like stress incontinence, which is when you cough or sneeze and you get a little bit of leakage. So we can avoid all of that or help with it. If there is any of, if there are any of those problems later on, then doing those pelvic floor exercises is such a great remedy. It's not about going out and buying incontinence pads. That is not the solution. If there's a little bit of a leakage now, then you want to get that fixed because down the track that can become much, much worse and even end up with prolapse. So Mm. quite often with natural birth, there will be some degree of prolapse, whether that's the bladder or the uterus or even some cases the bowel as well. Mm. So So I guess Pilates is what you're saying is Pilates is really great to begin at any time, isn't it? Either before, during or after pregnancy at any age. That's exactly right. Because after pregnancy could be when you're 70. (laughs) Correct. So you can begin Pilates at any time. Exactly. And it's safe to do so. Exactly. Well, you know, would you like to talk a bit about pelvic girdle pain and how that can affect uh, pre and postnatal women? Oh, yes. Pelvic girdle pain. So pelvic girdle pain with the hormone relaxant, it actually changes, it softens the ligaments in the body. It softens a lot of the structures actually. So Mm. you can get pelvic floor weakening with the softness that's happening. You can get constipated because the relaxant actually affects the smooth muscle fibers. So you're not getting as much um, peristalsis. Peristalsis? Peristalsis. Peristalsis, is that right? Peristalsis. Yeah, which actually helps to everything to move through the digestive system. Mm. So everything is changing on so many different levels. And with the hormone relaxin, it relaxes the ligaments. So in particular, the sacroiliac joint, where the sacrum and the ilium meet, that joint is stabilized by strong ligaments. And those strong, small ligaments can become looser. So it means that that joint becomes more unstable. So doing activities that put pressure on that joint can cause pain. So if you imagine like that the sacrum and the the ilium have like little tiny grooves, kind of like the shape of an ear. So you have an ear and then you have another ear that's the opposite to that ear. And then they kind of fit into each other as a little jigsaw puzzle. So if that's slightly out, it can have a very painful grinding 
feeling. So things that can aggravate that type of feeling are, are doing like lunges or, you know, running, even walking can end up being painful or even rolling over in bed. There's some cases of women who've had such severe pelvic girdle pain that they've had to be bedridden because they just can't walk or stand. So, and I've even heard of some of my clients describing how one of their friends who had pelvic girdle pain, she went to work and she'd sit in a chair and just walk around in the chair so that she wasn't having that shearing force at that pubic synthesis. Yeah, yeah. So or she the... wasn't actually standing up and experiencing that pain through weight bearing. Yeah, exactly. As well. Yeah. yeah. So the extra weight can actually put more pain mm. through that area as well. Mm. So that was really interesting. Mm. And it is important to try and move and move safely as much as possible and do exercises that aren't going to potentially put at risk that sacroiliac joint or that pubic symphysis. So things like standing on one leg can aggravate that pubic symphysis and that sacroiliac joint as well, or posterior pelvic pain, it can be called mm. as well. So I guess that feeds into lower back pain in general in pregnancy because those sacroiliac elements you've uh, been speaking about are such an important part absolutely in pregnancy but there could be some other other yeah. causes as well with lower yeah. back pain so yeah other causes of lower back pain like usually in the second trimester there'll be more lower back pain and that's caused by relaxing the ligaments around the spine become looser so you don't have as much strength or stability in that lower back there's abdominal separation that can, that happens in the second trimester as well so there's less support there's less core to actually mm. hold the body upright mm. and with the weight gain that is going to change the alignment of the pelvis and the spine especially as you're loaded up more through the front and you might become more lordotic and there's just less structural support for the spine. I guess you're working against that issue of mechanical disadvantage as the baby grows with the weight yeah. The front, yeah, exactly. So yeah. what happens quite often with that shift in the center of gravity, then the pelvis really swings back. So you're trying to counteract that. So you're less likely to fall over, but that just increases more back pain. So it's kind of, you have to almost think of dropping the tail down and gently hugging the baby closer to you to alleviate that back pain. So Pilates can really help with that in terms of we can help to improve posture or just educating clients to become more aware of what's happening with their posture so that they can improve their daily activities and what they're doing. We can help to improve joint mobility for some parts of the body. So for example, just stretching out tight pecs. So we're stretching out the tighter muscles, but also strengthening and stabilizing the pelvis. So working that glute media specifically to help stabilize that pelvis, maybe in some sideline oysters. So you're getting that pelvic stability and, and maybe some sideline clams as well to create more stability through that pelvis. And yeah, just making people more aware of their posture can actually help with their lower back pain because they're more aware and also doing safe exercises that aren't going to load up the spine or anything that's going to have a shearing force at that pubic symphysis or create a shearing at that sacroiliac joint as well. So, yeah. Mm, so there are definite, definite benefits for exercising during oh. pregnancy. 
Absolutely. Some of the benefits include fitness for pregnancy and labor and early motherhood. Like you want to be fit. You want to be strong so that you're able to look after your your body and also your baby that's well on the way. Pilates exercises can help improve self-esteem and feelings of well-being. If you're feeling a bit bad about yourself and then you're doing exercise, that it creates endorphins. So that can actually help to boost your mood and make you feel a little bit better. And it promotes healthy weight gain. So you're gaining the appropriate amount of weight and encouraged to put on weight, but at the correct kind of time of gaining. Because you have to put on weight when you're pregnant, unless they're like your friend who actually lost a lot of weight when she was mm. pregnant, but mm. she was in that obese range. Yes. So that's when you really yes, want to right. start to really look after your health. Starting Pilates in pregnancy can be a really great way to get back into exercise or to start exercise. If someone has never exercised before, Pilates is a great way to start when you're pregnant mm. because it's really safe and the exercises will be really safe and it's a gentle way in. It's not going to be overloading the heart and lungs because in pregnancy, the heart has to work harder. There's more plasma to push around. So interestingly as well, there's actually less red blood cells. So a lot of pregnant women will have anemia, although they have more plasma, so they've got more blood, but they don't have as many red blood cells. So you can actually get like a pregnancy anemia, which mm. is really like, uh, there's so much going on. It's just like, oh my God, how can so much be going on? Mm. Um, but back to the benefits of exercise during pregnancy, that it can really help improve mental health and symptoms of depression. Postnatal depression is something that's really common with postnatal women. And we need to be aware of that. And if I have clients who have had a baby and it's time for them to, like it's six weeks and they've had a natural birth, I'll give them a call to see how they're going and see if they're ready to come back to Pilates just mm. to kind of help them on the way back to getting back into routine, back into their body and feeling good about themselves as well. Mm. So, oh, I think definitely, I mean, the exercise is a value in that case and you, where you're encouraging people to get out and get active again and but even antenatally, you know, your Pilates instructor can be a person who can recognise even symptoms of antenatal depression as yeah. well if you've got just that extra person who's keeping an eye on you. Exactly. While you're exercising during pregnancy. Exactly. Mm. And mm. it's always good to be able to talk to your clients and maybe even suggest, oh, do you need to maybe see your GPs, see if they can help you, Yes. you know, with whatever might be going on so that there's mm. more of a support system in place as well. Absolutely, while those adjustments are yeah, exactly. And mm. I think that's where when you have in your client information form and you have the emergency contact number, if it gets to the point where you're really concerned, it's nice to know that you have that person who's closest to them who you can phone up mm. and maybe have a confidential conversation with and say, look, I'm really worried. Mm. This is what's happening. Is everything okay? Mm. So mm. that there is that awareness that's brought about by another member of the family yes. so it's kind of because sometimes yeah. you can kind of ignore that sort of thing when you're really close to someone but if someone else points it out you're kind of like oh no so yeah so that can be really helpful too yeah I guess as an instructor you're you're there you're taking care of um, the woman doing the prenatal classes but in a way you're there also you're taking care of their new baby as well so, yeah exactly yeah, that's so true position yeah, yeah so it's exercise for two yes which is amazing <laughs> it's amazing mm. in fact one of my first clients when she started she was pregnant with um, her little baby and then 
she had her baby and she's been coming ever since. So I've actually seen like him grow up into this like 11 year old child. And wow. like, it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I remember because she used to bring him to Pilates class. Yes. So I'd be, he'd be on the mat. So I've seen him learn how to like roll over and Fascinating. crawl and yeah. talk. They'd become more demanding. <laughs> but yeah, so that's mm. quite a beautiful experience for me as well because then you actually get to see that the whole thing happening. Mm. So um, the other benefits of exercise mm. during pregnancy is you get that heightened body awareness. Mm. So especially as your centre of gravity shifts mm. and you're more at risk of falling, so you have to move a little bit more carefully. It's kind of like at, in that second trimester, a lot of my clients start to have little falls, especially when they're getting out of a car. Mm. So it's kind of you have to be really mindful of educating them to be wary that their centre of gravity has shifted and they might not be able to do the same activities that they were doing previously yes. or just to take everything a little bit slower and just be more careful with themselves. Yes, that body awareness does change. I, I just remember being pregnant and standing in front of a filing cabinet and wondering why the filing cabinet <laughs> wasn't going to pull out as far as it normally did and then realised it was my pregnant stomach in front of me. So, yeah, oh, no the way. body awareness does change. Definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. And also that awareness of the pelvic floor muscles as well, being able to find those muscles to engage them, but also to be able to really relax the pelvic floor so that you have an mm. easier labor. Mm. So I think that's really mm. important too. And working with that slow relaxation works the eccentric muscle phase. So you actually get more stretchy, but strong and elastic pelvic floor mm. muscle structure. Mm, definite so, yeah. benefit for leading towards the labour. Exactly. And then a yeah. faster recovery after giving birth yes. as well because those muscles are more elastic mm. and they'll have that muscle memory and, and women tend to recover much better if they have that preparation by doing the Kegel exercises. Yes, I guess you would have seen that. Yeah, absolutely. And emails from clients saying, during labour, I just really practised relaxing my pelvic floor and there was no need for any, you know, interference by the obstetrician. There were no cuts. There was no tearing. And this particular client, I just remember, she was about my size, so she was quite a tiny woman. And she said, I, I want you to meet, I want my husband to come to Pilates. And he came to Pilates and he was this huge man. Like his head was almost scraping the top of the door when he walked in. And I was like, oh, my God, you're having... A child, his child, that baby's <laughs> head is going to be so huge. And so after I met him, then we just really focused on being able to relax the yeah. pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah. So in every session, that was really one of our goals is to be able to make sure she was able to. Re and mm. then I got this email from her saying, oh, yeah, it went really well. I really focused on what we practiced in our sessions of really relaxing pelvic floor. Fantastic. So that was such a good story to hear. I was like, oh, thank yes. God. So, yeah. Mm. And Pilates is also such a great stress relief when you're, you know, doing some gentle Pilates exercises and yeah, you get that quicker return to fitness after giving birth. You have improved posture and you condition the muscles so it protects you from backache. You get nice strong arms as well for all the lifting that you have to do. You sort of don't realise how, how hard the work is, but babies don't just come with like a baby. There's like all of their baby stuff as well. So like mm, prams that you right. have to pull out of cars and like... And also, it's quite hard work. It is really I, hard I work. Yeah. And the design of those capsules that you have to put into the car, mm. it's just like. It's quite demanding. And to be, you have to get into such an awkward position to actually fit them into the car. 
there's no other way of really getting getting your body into that position. Yeah. So you really do need to take care and strengthen really all of those muscles after the birth. So I can see how Pilates would uh, help really prepare help. for that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. definitely. And uh, there are so many benefits of exercise during pregnancy that you've gone through. And I... I believe there are some Australian guidelines, Louise, yes. for exercise during pregnancy. Yes, there are. I have them here, so you might hear a little bit of paper rustling around. If you are confused about which exercises to use with your pre- and postnatal clients in today's age of client care, if you want to work with pre- and postnatal clients, but you want a comprehensive approach and a better understanding of what you can and cannot do with them as their pregnancy progresses, as well as postpartum, then the Pilates pre and postnatal course has been carefully crafted for someone just like you. Here are four reasons why you must attend. One, you'll receive a comprehensive manual with exercises, programs and notes on the different physiological changes that happen throughout pregnancy and postpartum and how this affects programming. Two, you will learn pelvic floor exercises that focus on the eccentric and concentric phase to create stronger and stretchier pelvic floor muscles. Three, you will learn how to do a rec check and then also how to cue to close an abdominal separation. Four, you will learn the best exercises to give a woman who is suffering from pelvic girdle pain. So the face-to-face -face workshop will be delivered on February the 3rd, that's Sunday, the February the 3rd, 2019. You will have access to the online workshop. You will need to enter the code PRENATALLOVE to get the discount when you go through the checkout. So the cost with the discount is $425 until the 1st of February, 2019. Otherwise, it's $497 Australian dollars. The time for the workshop is 12 noon till 6.30 p.m. And the venue is Torb Pilates. That's unit 694 Hotham Street, St Kilda East, in Victoria, and you'll gain six professional development points with the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. So if you want to book in, give me a call on 0413-882-726. And these are the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists Exercise During Pregnancy Guidelines. So they have, they have, whoop, they have six recommendations, so I'll read through them and mm -hmm. then we can talk a little bit about each one of them. Mm. So the first recommendation is women without contraindications should participate in regular aerobic and strength conditioning exercises during pregnancy. So mm. they're saying women should exercise during pregnancy. We shouldn't be lying around on the couch like eating potato chips. We should be moving and exercising. Recommendation number two. Women should be advised that there is no evidence that regular exercise during an uncomplicated pregnancy is detrimental to the woman or her fetus. So we should not be scared about exercise during pregnancy unless there is some underlying condition which demands that you should not be exercising. And that would be quite a serious health condition. Hmm. And I guess that um, you would be advised by your doctor if that were the case. Yeah, you'd know so, if you had a serious mm. health condition during pregnancy mm. and you'd be told that you should not be exercising. So recommendation number three is assessment of medical and obstetrics 
obstetric risk should be undertaken to identify potential contraindications to exercise for the pregnant woman prior to commencing an exercise program? I guess that would be uh, just the fact that your, your doctor would cover or would question you and would cover your past history and would probably identify the risks. And I think the contraindications are things like um, the things that, that would really medically stop you exercising exactly so the doctor would cover those things yeah Yeah. so you would know recommendation number four uh, exercise prescription for the pregnant women requires appropriate consideration of frequency intensity duration and mode of exercise so we can go into a little bit of that now Uh, I i guess that's really important because I guess the mode of exercise, if you're speaking about Pilates, is really perfect in this instance because you're not doing anything against the contraindications or the recommendations of the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists. And so with Pilates, I guess because you're trained to deliver individual programs to each person, each program you deliver does consider all those things, doesn't That's, it? Yeah, exactly. The frequency. So the frequency, you want to be exercising between three and five hours a week. So whether that's in 30-minute sessions or an hour and you want to have the space of a rest day in between. Intensity, you want to be working at a level where you're not getting the heart rate too high because blood pressure changes. There's more blood to be pushed around so the heart Hmm. actually has to work much harder so you can almost feel like you're having a more of an an intense workout even if you're at the same level prior to being pregnancy Hmm. so the intensity has to be at a moderate intensity not vigorous Hmm. so with moderate the best way is the talk test so if you're able (laughs) to hold an easy conversation with someone then you know that the intensity is probably about the right amount but if you're having a moderate level yeah yeah if you're having to stop and take a breath because you can't keep talking then you know that the exercise level is too intense so you want to have it at that moderate intensity Hmm. and the duration and the mode of exercise so with modes of exercise you don't want to be doing anything that you have risk of falls like riding a horse playing contact sports things like tennis where you have rapid changes of movement so they're not the best forms of exercise or jumping anything that has jumping in it because of all the pressure through Too pelvic pressure on the pelvic, pelvic floor, floor. Mm. and also with ligament laxicity you want to avoid anything that's going to be standing on one leg or things like running although if someone was an athlete athlete a an elite athlete that's right (laughs) (laughs) then depends on their pre-existing level of exercise yes before it does so that's why you do have to have that assessment prior to exercise Mm. before starting a program Mm. so yeah so recommendation number five so Exercise, oh, that actually brings us into this one. Exercise prescription for the pregnant woman should consider her baseline level of fitness and previous exercise experience. So if she was an athlete, Hmm. then she's going to be at a very high level. So she'll probably be able to maintain a fairly high level throughout. Of course, not doing the risky exercises such as tennis or, you know, pole jumping, pole vaulting or... (laughs) Things like that. Weightlifting. Weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to be lifting those massive heavy weights in that deep squat position. Like we've all seen the um, that that there was a photo of a woman doing 
pushing like a really heavy weight in a deep squat position and she just fully wet herself. Have you seen that image? I think I have, yes. Yeah. And it's quite mm. shocking and it's mm. kind of like that. In pelvic the- floor just let go. Yeah. Mm. And also when you're in a deep squat position, a lot of the slings of the pelvic floor become more relaxed. So the puborectalis, which slings around the rectum and then there's other ones that sling around, they actually end up being in, it's like um, a kink in a hose when you're not squatting. So when you actually go into a deep squat, they unkink. So it means that whatever is in there, so the valve becomes open. So you are more vulnerable to... To leakage. Yeah, to leakage or to evacuate whatever is in there. Mm. So those deep squat positions under load should be avoided by pregnant women. So what do you think is the best way, Louise, to do Well, my favourite way is doing squats with maybe a fit ball behind the back against the wall, legs together, small range or small range pulses. So you're not going below 90 degrees at the hip and the knee joint. You're just going down to that range. I actually also like doing the squats with the arm springs. So you're holding onto the arm springs on the Cadillac and oh, doing yes. squ- and you're doing like doing a, a row or a bicep curl and you're going very into comfortable a squat. to do actually yeah. I imagine for a pregnant woman. Yes. Yeah. So that's much better. Mm. Even something as simple as sitting in a chair and standing up again, but mm. using your arms to help you push up or even having weights that help you to come up and down off that chair. Those are all really functional exercises too. Yeah, and it's woman. great. Excellent. And you do want to have that strength through those muscles because mm. a squat position is actually a great position to give birth in Mm. because those ligaments and muscles will be much more relaxed so it'll be an easier pathway for that Mm. baby to come out. Mm. Yes so those recommendations are fascinating aren't they and the exercise prescriptions the sixth one there says exercise prescription for the pregnant pregnant woman woman. should take into account the physiological adaptations adaptations to pregnancy. pregnancy. I wonder whether you wanted to say Uh, a bit more about that one. Yeah, so the physiological changes. During trimester one, the hormonal changes may cause increased tiredness and lethargy, even despite maintaining normal sleeping patterns. There's changes to breast tissue and in Increased tenderness, there's feelings of nausea, maybe vomiting and morning sickness, sudden changes in mood, altered bowel movements, often constipated, and that's because of that hormone relaxin, increased frequency of urination, headaches, heartburn, weight change, food cravings, and the production of relaxin creating an increase in ligament laxicity. Wow, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. Mm -hmm. The blood pressure starts to fall and there's an increase in core body temperature. So with that blood pressure starting to fall, women can feel dizzy when reaching the arm up over the head. I remember years ago when I had one of my first prenatal clients, we were sitting on a fit ball doing some exercises with little hand weights and activating pelvic floor. And when I got her to reach her arm up over her head, she would feel really dizzy. And it's because of the blood pressure changes, like the blood Mm. pressure has become lower Mm. is normally what happens in pregnancy. If the blood pressure does go higher, that could indicate preeclampsia, which is quite a dangerous condition. Oh, my cat's just coming over to say hello. Jessie. Okay. <laughs> Down on the floor. <laughs> and with the increase in core body temperature in that first trimester, so it means the, the temperature goes up by one degree. So it means that 
as a pregnant woman, you can actually overheat much quicker, much quicker. Mm. And the baby relies on the mother to be able to regulate the heat. So mm. you don't want to cook the baby. No. So. <laughs> and you just think of things like, because babies are so sensitive to temperature, they can get brain damage from high temperatures, mm. like if they have a fever. So it's important to exercise at a level where the temperature is not going to go up. So you're not going to be exercising in the middle of a heat wave. Mm. So working under air conditioning, wearing light clothes, encouraging your clients to drink water. So that's really important for pre and postnatal clients because for prenatal clients, you want to make sure they don't overheat. Postnatal, you want to make sure that their milk supply is is good. So yeah, you need to stay hydrated. Mm. Um, So when you're thinking about programming, relaxin can have implications for risk of injury. So for this reason, it's wise to avoid activities such as jumping on the reformer, single thigh stretch on the reformer, and any asymmetrical hip stretches should be avoided. So doing maybe something like the double thigh stretch on the reformer where you're holding onto the straps and leaning back to get that nice quad stretch, that is okay as long as it's there's no balance issues there. So maybe in the second trimester, you might not do that exercise because of the risk of falls due to the center of gravity mm. changing. Mm. So in trimester two, the abdomen expands, accommodating the growing fetus. Hang on, I'm just going to put my cat out. <laughs> Jessie, I know you're loved <laughs> by us. Trimester two, so the abdomen expands, accommodating the growing fetus. The center of gravity moves forward as a result of this. So there can be pain and discomfort in the lower back, the hips and the upper leg. There's also changes in skin color due to the hormonal changes and maybe even more oils in the skin, so maybe more acne. There could be swelling and oedema to the lower body. So if that's the case and you want to do more calf raises to get that calf pump going, the blood pressure drops further. The pelvic floor weakens due to the changes in the body tissues and also the weight of the pregnancy. So with that altered center of gravity, it really can affect balance. So you should be avoiding difficult balance challenges such as standing on a BOSU unless they have a really high level of balance Mm. prior to being pregnant. Mm. So you just want to avoid any risk of falls at all. Because the tissues have changed dramatically, it means that pregnant women bruise much easier as well. So you want to make sure you definitely don't have that risk of them falling over. I can think of nothing worse than having a pregnant woman fall over in my Pilates session. It would just be, you would feel so bad. Mm. So maybe in the first trimester, your client was able to do the kneeling arm series on the reformer. So in the second trimester, with that change in the center of gravity, now you're going to do those same exercises, but sitting on their haunches or sitting on a box box. or sitting tail across so that they're not going to have any risk of falls while they're getting used to their center of gravity changing as well. Mm. So to minimize the risk of dizziness or fainting associated with reduced blood pressure, you want to avoid rapid changes in position. So going from a lying down position to a sitting position or a standing position. So you want to take time to move from one to the next. So if they will say lying down, maybe slowly get them to, and you want them to stand up, get them to sit up first and do an exercise seated before you take them up into the standing position so that there's a little bit more time to adjust to those changes. Mm. Yeah, I think they need to take the cues from you as an instructor. You do need to cue them into moving slowly through the positions. Yeah, I'm just going to get that cat 
because she's meowing. So the weight of the enlarged uterus may obstruct the venous return in a supine position. So that means if you're lying on your back, then there can be a lack of blood flow. So oxygen and nutrients getting to the baby because that venous return has been compressed by the weight of the placenta or, yes, or the baby. Yes, it can be compromised. That's in right. That position, so you've got to be careful. Yeah. So from the second trimester, you want to do exercises, side lying, seated or standing or four point kneeling. Actually, I love the four point kneeling exercises because mm. that mm. can help with that pelvic position as well it takes a lot of pressure off the pelvis and the yeah, lower back it's quite a comfortable position yeah it's one. a great one it's a great one for going through labor in as well that four point kneeling position mm, excellent but on the forearms maybe not on the hands because the wrists can become a little bit more vulnerable with pregnancy as well mm. so bouncing while sitting on a fitball adds extra load to the pelvic floor and is best avoided although i do love sitting on the fitball so target exercises to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles instead so these are wonderful to do on a fit ball because the shape of the ball kind of sits up towards the pelvic floor. So you can really get more of a feedback of what's happening with that pelvic floor. Mm. And I think it can be very comfortable for the pregnant woman, actually. Yeah. But as long as you're not right at the end of the third trimester, yeah, um, I think it's pretty comfortable. Yeah, very true. And also it's important to cue axial elongation. So the more length through the spine and if you're cueing the baby to hug the baby closer to you, the closer the baby is to your centre, then the less loading they'll be through your back. Mm. So as we know from lever length, the longer the lever, the heavier the weight. So by bringing the baby closer to the centre and lengthening through the spine will create more space for the baby to grow long ways rather than width ways pushing the baby further away. So you do want to have that sense of support and cradling the baby in closer. Mm. So in trimester three, the discomforts of trimester two continues and in some cases worsen as the birth draws closer. So key additional changes include shortness of breath due to the increasing size of the fetus impacting on space for the expanding lungs. So you feel like you just run out of breath really quickly. Like a girlfriend of mine thought, oh, I'll just run over to the 7-Eleven and just grab some milk. And she felt like she'd run a marathon. She was really okay. out of breath and it took her just to get her breath back because the lungs are actually being squashed and with the lungs being squashed you might feel that the accessory muscles work a lot more through the neck so you're breathing the you know sternocleidomastoid works harder to lift the rib cage up to try and allow more air into the lungs so you end up maybe with more of a sore neck throughout pregnancy too so there's also changes in the, in the position of the fetus dropping and turning as the birth nears. So every expectant mother will experience different symptoms with varied responses. And it's essential that, as with any client, a significant effort is made to cater for the unique individual and their unique pregnancy experience. I guess that feeds back to that recommendation number four, doesn't it, where the exercise prescription does have to take into consideration all the frequency, intensity. Yeah, frequency, intensity, duration, duration and, and mode and of the exercise. Mode, which is really the positioning and and uh, I guess with as a Pilates instructor you're doing that 
Yeah, exactly. So with the increase in body weight in that third trimester, it's associated with loading at all of the joints. So there's more strain on the joints. And so for this reason, side-lying or seated exercises will be more comfortable than weight-bearing exercise such as standing arm springs with the Cadillac. Although I do love doing those standing arm springs on the Cadillac in the second trimester because I Mm -hmm. think that it's such great postural exercises. So you can really help to educate and cue the client with proper posture. Mm. Yes, very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe in the third trimester, do in the second and first trimester, do the standing arm springs on the Cadillac, and maybe in the third trimester, do the side lying arm springs. Mm. So that would be a nice solution. Mm. I guess that side lying position, too, as you're moving through towards the time of giving birth, really is uh, a great position for relaxing the pelvic floor, isn't it? To, exactly. So There's you, less loading really taking the floor. pressure off. Exactly. And you're less likely to want to sit on a fit ball maybe at that stage. Exactly. And also it just takes weight off your legs as well. So if there is a lot of oedema and swelling through those legs, lying on your side and maybe just doing a little bit of flexing and pointing of your foot, ankle circles will help to get that calf pump working Yeah, and that can relieve a lot of pain actually. Yes. As well. Mm. So great. Definitely. Oh, that's about all I can think of to talk about. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining in today, guys. And thank you, Libby, for being the host for today. Great, great information. I think it's all wonderful information. Very well referenced, Louise. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me. If you've learned something awesome today, do a friend a favor and share this episode so that they too can learn the art of Pilates. You can book a Pilates session with me at louisetorbpilates.com. Don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at my other website, torbpilatestraining.com. So if there is anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you love what you hear, I would really appreciate you leaving a review. I hope that you've enjoyed listening and that you have learned some tips and tricks to help you master the art of Pilates. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so at patreon.com, the art of Pilates. I hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy Pilates. <laughs>